All right, if you have a Bible with you, you can open to Psalm 103. The text is also printed in the bulletin for you. Psalm 103. If you've been around for a while, this psalm should be familiar. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it should be, I guess. We've, we often read parts of it um, for the assurance of forgiveness, the, the call to confession of sin and the assurance of forgiveness that takes place at the beginning of the worship service. Um, and several times, uh, Joe Pope has used it um, to lead us through the prayers of the people. And then about a year ago, actually, uh, Charlie Shaw, I don't know if you remember him, he is the associate pastor at Oaks Parish. It's a sister church in Portland. Uh, he came here, he was filling in for me, and he preached on this psalm. It's about a year ago, almost exactly. <clears throat> so I'll let you know in advance, I'm going to borrow heavily from what Charlie said. Uh, I'm hoping that that blanket attribution sort of protects me from the charge of plagiarism. I'm, uh, I'm betting on the fact that, um, that you've forgotten that sermon for a year ago, which I'd say is a pretty good bet considering you've probably forgotten the ser- sermon from last week. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> seriously, though, um, our forgetfulness, our for- forgetfulness is actually what I want to talk about. Spiritual amnesia is what we'll talk about this morning. It's, uh, it's a fascinating problem for Christians. This is what I mean by that. If, if you're a Christian... You're part of the church, then your life has been turned upside down by Jesus. It really has. But absolutely turned upside down and inside out by Jesus. But so often we live as if we had never even heard of Jesus, let alone had our entire reality altered by him on a scale of cosmic and eternal proportions. We live as if we'd never even heard of him. We forget who God is. We forget what he has done. We forget what he has said. And so many problems in our lives can be traced back to, to that, to spiritual amnesia. That's what I'm calling it. We don't, uh, we don't do this with other truths that are fundamental to our lives. This is what I mean uh, by the fact that it's a, it's a fascinating problem for us. We don't forget about the laws of gravity and go jumping off of buildings to see what happens. We don't forget that 2 plus 2 equals 4 and then get really indignant when those grocery bills properly add up to large numbers. <laughs> um, we don't forget that we need to eat and drink and sleep and then get confused. Why on earth do I lack energy? We don't forget those fundamental realities in our lives. But with the greatest truth of all, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we forget all day long. And it has all sorts of ramifications for how we enjoy our life with God. Actually, the very fact that we forget, the very fact that spiritual amnesia is a problem for people like us, that we forget the all-important gospel that we love, that's changed our lives, the fact that we forget it is itself a confirmation of the truth of the Scriptures. The scriptures predict and explain why we suffer from spiritual amnesia. There's something inside of us that works against remembering God and the gospel and Jesus. There's something inside of us, it's our sin, that works against the knowledge of God and living in God's reality. The scriptures also prescribe a treatment for spiritual amnesia, which is what we're going to talk about this morning from Psalm 103. So let me pray, then we'll read the scripture.
Father, as we come to your word, uh, many of us have this experience that we come to something that we've read over and over again. It should be familiar to us, and yet it's a surprise to us. Uh, It really is a surprise every time we really remember who you are and remember the gospel. So we pray that you would surprise us uh, right now. Surprise us with how good you are. Give us a real knowledge of yourself for this moment that changes our lives. And we pray that you would apply the treatment for spiritual amnesia as we consider your word together and consider the gospel this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord. O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, right off the bat, here and for most of the psalm, uh, we see that David is talking to himself. It is something that crazy people do. Um, In their saner moments, actually. In their saner moments. Yes, uh, talking to yourself is sometimes an indicator that someone needs psychiatric help. But here's the thing. When you're living as if God were not real, When you forget your creator, your savior, and the lover of your soul, that's insane. And that describes all of us all too often. And the road back to sanity involves reminding ourselves of God's reality, which means you have to start talking to yourself. It's what crazy people do as they're returning to sanity. David recognizes 
that he is always on the brink of falling apart. We don't know um, from this psalm whether he's experiencing some catastrophe or other or having some problem in his life with God or other. But, uh, but he knows that he's always on the brink of it. Always on the brink of falling apart. He has this tendency to slip into living as if God were not real. That he's always in danger of forgetting what is most important to him and what he actually loves best of all. He knows but he's always on the brink of that. It's like a guitar that just won't stay in tune, that constantly needs attention and tweaking. David needs to remind himself about the gospel constantly in order for his life to resonate properly with his created purpose. In order to bless the Lord, he says. In order to praise God and extol him and speak well of him and glorify him and enjoy him. So David sees forgetfulness, this spiritual amnesia, he sees that at the root of his problems. And so he addresses himself, and he recites, and he rehearses, and he remembers the good news about who God is and what God has done. He speaks to himself deliberately. He speaks to himself methodically here. And it's the road to recovery. It's the road back to sanity for him. So the first couple of verses, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's the treatment plan. Forget not all his benefits. Most of the rest of the psalm is David applying the treatment for spiritual amnesia to himself. He's rehearsing the good news. He's remembering the good news about who God is and what he's done in ways that help him in his forgetfulness in particular ways. So he, he gets his information from the scriptures. He's not just imagining for himself who God is and what he's done. He's getting it from the scriptures, uh, which for him in his time consisted mostly of the writings of Moses. And now, thousands of years after David, we have the fullness of of God's revelation in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have all the writings of the prophets and the apostles to draw from for the content of what it is we're supposed to rehearse and recite and remember. But the method of applying the treatment is the same. So let's work through David's list here, which is not a comprehensive list uh, or treatment plan, but it's, uh, it's it's a great start, and you'll get the idea. So... He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases. Verse 3. And I think those two things, uh, forgiving all your iniquity and healing all your diseases, I think uh, in terms of this psalm, it it really, they're they're aspects of the same thing. And you see throughout the scriptures, they're sort of used interchangeably. God is the God who fixes what's broken with you. He heals what's wrong with your humanity. God's the God who restores your relationship to him, who fixes what's broken because of your sin, because of our sin. So when you're stuck in a deep abiding sense of guilt, when you despair of God's favor and restoration of your life with him, these are symptoms of spiritual amnesia. You've forgotten who Yahweh is, the Lord. You've forgotten who the one true God really is if you're stuck in your guilt. 
and you're despairing of being reconciled to God. So apply the treatment for spiritual amnesia to yourself. Talk to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. Even sing it, because this psalm is a song, after all. So sing it to yourself. Insist on it to yourself. Say, self, I must insist. God forgives sin. God forgives all your iniquity. God heals you from all your diseases. He heals what is broken about your relationship with him. I insist. Self, address yourself and, and have yourself pay attention. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a big section of this psalm devoted to rehearsing this particular aspect of the gospel. And this is a huge aspect of the gospel that we need to re- rehearse all the time. And we do. We actually remember it and rehearse it together every week in our confession of sin and the assurance of our forgiveness in order to combat that uh, that spiritual amnesia and forgetfulness. There's a big section of this psalm, starts in verse 7, where God revealed himself to Moses, and God revealed himself to all his people through Moses, even to us, through what he said to Moses. And God revealed himself to be the forgiving God. He says in verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. This is David reciting the gospel that he knows. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that's verbatim the way God revealed himself to to Moses in Exodus 34. So he's going back, he's rehearsing the scriptures, and then he's elaborating. He's elaborating for himself. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our iniquities, nor repay us according... uh, uh, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And here's where he engages his imagination with the gospel that he knows from the scriptures. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he remove our transgressions from us. So you can trust that this is who God really is. Forgiveness isn't just something that he decides to do on a whim capriciously every once in a while for some people whenever he feels like it. Forgiveness is who he is. It's, it's his identity. This is who I am, he says to Moses, and through all the scriptures, this is who I am. He is the forgiving God. And this is seen most clearly as... Uh, as all of the good news of the scriptures really are seen most clearly in, in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's seen most clearly in the cross of Jesus Christ. God sent his son to the cross, that terrible place where he died. God sent him there in order to forgive your sins. Jesus went willingly He prayed for the forgiveness of your sins in complete accordance with the will of God. He prayed for the forgiveness of your sins, and then he paid the full redemption price to forgive all your sins. Everything about the cross is about the forgiveness of your sins. As an obstacle to your relationship with God, your sin and your guilt are entirely out of the picture. Your relationship to God is healed and all your sins are forgiven because of who God is and because of what he's done once and for all in the cross of Jesus Christ. So if you're looking to be a realist, if you're looking to live in God's reality, 
actually. It means living in light of his very real forgiveness. And just because you've temporarily forgotten that he's the forgiving God, and for some reason you're stuck in your guilt and despair of being reconciled to God, just because you've temporarily forgotten doesn't mean he has ceased to be the forgiving God that he is. He is always the forgiving God, which means you are forgiven and restored to relationship with him even when you're struggling with the symptoms of spiritual amnesia. Even when you're stuck feeling guilty or despairing. Your spiritual amnesia doesn't change God's reality. God's reality stands above your forgetfulness of God's reality. It just means you aren't remembering God's reality in ways that help you to bless the Lord and to glorify and to enjoy him. Just because you forget the gospel doesn't mean it ceases to be true. The gospel is always true. That's good news. The gospel is always true, and you can always go back to it and recite it and insist upon its truth. You're always more than welcome to apply the treatment for spiritual amnesia to yourself, to remember God, and uh, to remember his benefits to you. So, let's keep going with another one. Again, in verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 4, Who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. That is to say, God is the God of resurrection and glory. Glorification. Glorification of human beings. So when you're struggling to find a sense of significance in your life, when it seems easy to believe that there's no meaning in the world, no eternal purpose, no bright future ahead, again, these are symptoms of spiritual amnesia. You have forgotten who Yahweh is. He is the God of resurrection, of eternal life and love and glory, who glorifies people like you. So apply the treatment, address yourself, sing and preach the gospel to yourself, say, self, I must insist. God redeems your life from the pit. And the, the big point of that is that he rescues you from the place where the dead go and where they're just forgotten. And God puts a glorious, majestic crown on your head, the crown of his own undying, gracious, merciful, steadfast love. Even though you'll die someday, even though you'll go to the pit someday, God gives your life everlasting significance because this is who he is. He's the God of resurrection and glorification. And again, there's more in this psalm devoted to rehearsing this particular aspect of the gospel. It's a big deal throughout all the scriptures. It's a big deal here. He says in verse 14, For God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass he flourishes like a flower in the field for the wind passes over it and it's gone and its place knows it no more yes yes one day god knows it better than you do but even you you get the idea you'll be gone you'll be gone one day and there won't even be a gap left where you were there won't even be a hole anymore The world will move on and no one will need you and no one will even remember you or your achievements or your legacy. Your earthly life is 
rather insignificant. Your earthly life is transient. Your earthly life is extraneous. And when it is over, there won't even be a ripple of earthly memory to mark your place. But, verse 17, the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. So God knows your dust, but because he has set his everlasting steadfast love on you, he will raise you from the dust into his eternal kingdom. This is what he does because it's who he is. He's the God of resurrection. He's the God of glorification. He glorifies people like you and me. And we've seen that, again, most clearly in the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ. After his death, after the cross, after Jesus went down to the tomb, to the pit, to the place where the dead are forgotten, after all of this, God raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in glory, never to die again. The world forgets the dead. God never forgets his people. God never forgets his people. He redeems us and he crowns us with his steadfast love. So you recite that. You rehearse that and remember it and persist in it and insist upon it for yourself when you have doubts about the meaning of it all, when you have doubts about the purpose of life or your destiny or your future as symptoms of your spiritual amnesia. When you have forgotten the all-fulfilling goodness of God and you've started to feel empty and dry and weary and you've turned to false gods for pleasure and comfort and strength and gotten stuck in enslaving sins. And again, like that, the prophet Jeremiah said, you're licking the, the dust, trying to get life out of things that are false gods and try to get goodness for yourself out of things that are not the fountain of living water. Forget not all his benefits, verse 5, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. When you've forgotten the righteous judgments of God and you've abandoned hope of seeing justice done in the world, or you've sought vengeance upon your enemies for harm that they've done to you, remember, verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. When you've forgotten the kindness and the presence of God and you feel all alone, you feel forsaken, you feel homeless in this life, remember, verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. That you're not alone. Here, David is crying out a lot of the psalm as one of God's people, as a member of the, the community of God. You're not alone. Remember that. When you're angry, when you're complaining all the time, when you're consumed with fear or discouragement or depression, when other people are renting space in your head for free all the time, when all that you can remember and think about are the bitter grudges that you hold because you've forgotten who God is and you've forgotten what he's done for you. Just remember that God has not forgotten you. You may have forgotten him, but he's not forgotten you. He remembers who you are 
and he has set his everlasting love on you. So don't worry that you've forgotten him again. Everybody forgets him, and still he forgives us. Still he heals us. Still he raises us from the dust. Still he glorifies us with his love. You insist upon that. Rehearse it and recite it. It's the treatment plan. It's the treatment plan. It's not a one-time fix-all cure that you do once and for all. You never have to do it again. It's a treatment plan for spiritual amnesia because you're always going to struggle with forgetting God. You're always going to struggle with forgetting Jesus Christ and the gospel in this life. Just address yourself again and again with the gospel and let it renew you to glorify and enjoy and bless and praise the Lord like you were made to do, like all his creatures were made to do. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've given us examples like this in the scriptures. This is your holy word, teaching us how to pray, how to remember, how to meditate, how to have our lives changed and renewed and restored as we remember the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hate the fact that we forget the most important thing to us. We forget you and your reality, and we live as if Jesus weren't real, and the things he has done for us had never happened. We pray that you would remind us through your Holy Spirit, through your word, through each other as we encourage one another. We pray that you would help us to to do this for ourselves, to meditate on your gospel and remind ourselves and rehearse it and recite it and insist upon it and persist in it every day. And not just for the sake of our own souls, but so that we can call all creation to resonate with your goodness, with our created purpose, to bless you and praise you and give you the glory that you deserve for who you are and what you've done for us in the gospel. We pray that you would remind us of these things always. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.